listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J.M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, welcome to Proof Text. I'm Michael Halcom here with my friend Fred Long. This is another Grammar Point episode, and we are thrilled that you are tuned in. Uh, we are continuing to discuss verbs. We've been discussing them for months and months now, and uh, it's been interesting. Fred, I um, am working with my one of my kids going into sixth grade, and uh, we're working on the parts of speech, just reviewing them over the summer before school starts, and we uh, just worked through all the... Uh, Oh, what is that? Conjunction, junk, schoolhouse rock videos. Oh, did they um, like them? Uh, yeah, it, it took a little bit getting used to. Some of the songs are really fast, the lyrics. And uh, mm. my my son that I'm working through is with, his, his first language is, was not English, so he's still learning English. But um, yeah, so it's it's been interesting to go back and watch those myself. They're actually pretty helpful. I wish they had made... Uh, more of the videos along the grammar ones you know the season two was their grammar ones and they just went through basically the eight parts of speech and uh would have been good if they dove into stuff like we're doing here some more of the uh i guess niceties or you know fine points of grammar but they were pretty good videos so uh, maybe we need to do some schoolhouse rock type thing for greek grammar i don't know um, yeah, I mean, any... I, I got a great title for party simples, part party. Uh, so uh, we have to think of clever infinitive. I guess we're doing infinitives today, but yeah, we uh, we uh, we're gonna air your in party simples talk that you just gave at the Greek and Hebrew for Life conference soon. So for those of you who are tuning in, keep keep your eyes and ears out for that uh, episode. On the uh, on the docket today for this Grammar Point episode, we're talking about infinitives. So, uh, let's do that. What, in your mind, Fred, is an infinitive? Well, it's a, it's a class of a verbal, what's called a verbal. It's like a participle uh, in that they're not technically moods but they're often learned as moods and parsed as moods along with indicative, imperative, subjunctive, and optative. So you have these two verbals, uh, infinitives and participles. Uh, in, participles are verbal adjectives. Infinitives are verbal nouns. And uh, they have uh, tense voice and mood like verbs, but they don't have really any case. Uh, they're... Gender, typically, if, if they have an article, is neuter. And often uh, they'll have uh, a genitive article if they're standing alone uh, in, a, in making like a, subor a little subordinate clause. So, yeah, they're a little bit tricky. Uh, their words in English, equivalent of infinitive might be to run, to hit, to smile. Those are all instances of infinitives. Uh, a very common use is complementary infinitives, like I want to do something, I am able to do something, I want to do something. 
In English, those verbs take an infinitive to complete their meaning. That's why they're called uh, complementary. Uh, that's very common use in the New Testament. They do sometimes stand alone, though, and function like nouns, uh, kind of like running, hitting. You know, hitting is fun to do at a batting cage. That hitting is called a gerund uh, in English, and and the infinitive in Greek is used like that. So to live mm -hmm. is Christ, to die is gain. Those are infinitives from Philippians uh, chapter one. Um, you know, we might say living is Christ, dying is gain. That's how we might say it in, in, in English uh, and use uh, gerunds, the participle gerund kind of form. Uh, so that's one use. They can stand as nouns to refer, to, really to, to kind of concrete, concretize the verbal uh, idea into a noun, a noun. So that's mm. kind of the genius of the infinitives is they, they are verbal, verbal nouns. Um, they don't show that many endings, right? So you just have tense voice right. mood. So really there's, I think I'm looking at my chart here. There's like 10 endings, main endings that you'd need to learn. They occur, um, let's see, 16, no, 2000, 291 times approximately so that's how many times just less than 200 2300 times so kind of uh higher frequently occurring uh second to participle sec which is second to indicative so indicative mood occurs most about 16,000 of those 15 and a half participles 6,600 infinitives just about 2300 times so in terms of a priority they are worth learning pretty well and particularly because they mainly only show like 10 endings and uh, if you look at my Koine, Koine, Koine Greek grammar I've got a listing of them by frequency you know present active 761 present middle passive 239 aorist active formations 958 which is can be a little bit tricky because if they're second aorist uh, that ending is going to be looking like the present infinitive, except that you're going to have a stem change. So really, the present ending, the een, present active, is worth memorizing because it's going to be fa found probably the most, uh, even on second aorist uh, forms. But yeah, those are the most frequently occurring ones, present active, present middle passive, and aorist active. But uh, yeah, so they are... Uh, not too hard to work with. Uh, tr probably one of the tri trickiest constructions that really throws students off is when they occur with a preposition uh, like is or an or meta or dia, pro. There's a couple others. But with these, it's forming a subordinate clause. And you're going to always have the article with this. So you're going to have dia to. Uh, on account of or because and that starts us uh, that starts a subordinate clause mm -hmm. of cause is or prosto isto prosto form um, subordinate clauses of purpose uh, in order that and so then you're going to have the infinitive and then you're going to have the subject of the infinitive or accusative of reference depending on how you yeah. do it that subject of the infinitive is almost always in the accusative case. So if an infinitive needs to take uh, a noun that governs its action, 
it's typically going to be in the accusative case. The only exception to that is when it's the same subject as the subject of the main clause, and then if it has a representation, it'll be nominative case. So those are kind of rare, but it does happen. It does happen. Mm. But most of the time, you need to think of accusative case noun as the subject of the infinitive in its clause. And then sometimes it can be a little bit tricky, and there's exegetical debates about whether the accusative noun is the direct object of the verb or the subject of that infinitive. And so there's some debates. Typically, the subject occurs first if they're listed first, but there's some debate. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So in a phrase like, um, uh, just like thinking off the top of my head, like making something up, like isto iseltin thalasan or something like that, uh, is that kind of like what you're thinking? Like, um, How do you, you translate that? that? Yeah. Isto? Yeah. Is to is elthin thalasan. Thalasan. So you have that artic the preposition, the articular yeah. infinitive, yeah. and then the accusative. Yeah. Right? Yep. I have an example um, here where there's actually debated Philippians one seven. Dia to hechin me ente kadia umas. So because I have in my heart you but it might be because you have me in the heart mm -hmm. so is it i have you in the heart or you have me in right. the heart so it's diato ehim so because having and then we we have a me which means me and a umas meaning you the me occurs first but there's debate whether it's uh you know right, me right, the subject right. i or you so yeah uh, sometimes another use of the infinitive is where the infinitive stands alone to express purpose or sometimes result. And so obviously you debate whether it's purpose or result. Sometimes the infinitive occurs with the genitive article, again, for purpose or less, lesser times for uh, mm. result. So, so especially with verbs of movement. So Jesus says, don't think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill. So there, it's just the simple infinitive. I came to do something. And so that's uh, that idea of motion with the infinitive. It's not a complementary infinitive. At that point, it's moving, it's directional. And it, when it's directional, then you're looking at purpose. So when, you, when you're looking at infinitives, you need to pay attention to verbal aspect because... Uh, that becomes significant, the difference between mm. present tense, ongoingness versus the aorist tense, which tends to be uh, viewed as a whole, complete or completed. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's always frustrated me, I guess, with the, with infinitives, maybe my frustration is more with uh, like Bible scholars than infinitives themselves, but uh, is Probably. that in, in the lexicons, Right in the lexica, we when it comes to verbs, we provide the uh, first person right singular form, so luo, and yet we on the the definition we provide the infinitive mm -hmm. as the definition, like to run instead of I run. So mm -hmm. I I wish that our lexica you know, our lexicons, whatever, however we want to say it, would 
Lewin or something like that um, and make it match the, the entry's meaning um, rather than confusing students with having that first person form, first person singular form, and then a, an infinitive definition. Anyways, it's just kind of a gripe, but I yeah, I think um, is it Hatch and Redpath? There, there is a tradition of using the infinitive as the lexical entry, so I think that maybe then contributed to then using the infinitive in English for the basic gloss. But yeah, there's a little bit of inconsistency there. Um, yeah, one other quick use. I know we're this is a little bit long grammar point is that the infinitive can be used for indirect discourse. And this can really throw students off because typically they look for OT, you know, like he said OT, he said this, or she said this with OT, but the infinitive can be used with the accusative subject. And that, that is, is kind of tricky and it occurs not infrequently. So you'll run across it and you'll be like, what is this going on here? What is this infinitive doing? And it usually is, you know, if it's not a complementary infinitive, uh, it could be a content clause of saying or thinking. Uh, yeah, so. Hmm. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for infinitives. If you would, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and best of all, hit the share button. All right, we'll see you next time. Hope that helps. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glow's House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glowsahouse.com today. Glow's House, language resources for the global community.